is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. You know, one of my favorite parts of hosting this program is really playing fanboy some days and connecting with guests who I really consider legends, you know, people I've looked up to over the years. And today is one of those days, folks. I want to give a warm welcome to this week's guest, Robert Rose. Okay. Robert, don't, don't set the bar too high for me. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's only going to go up from here. I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've got that feeling about this week, you know, something's going to happen. And uh, Robert, great to have you on the program. Robert is a content marketing and customer experience expert for those of you who for some reason are not familiar. He's a keynote speaker and a best-selling author. He's a founder and chief troublemaker, one of my favorite titles of all time, right there, chief troublemaker at the Content Advisory, which is the strategy advisory and education group for the Content Marketing Institute. So Robert, officially, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. We love being able to chat. You and I were just you know, mentioning, catching up just a, a moment ago about how our audience of healthcare listeners have sometimes some predisposed notions about themselves. And we're looking forward to hopefully shedding some of those things and giving people some ideas and, and some thoughts about how to move forward with what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so part of that is being able to look at some of the things you've been able to do on a day-to-day basis, kind of look back at this body of work you know, the books you've been able to write, the keynotes you've been able to deliver over this time. Why don't we dive in a little bit, you know, for those who aren't as familiar for whatever reason, tell us a little bit more about, you know, where you are now and how you got there and what's next. Well, sure. So, you know, I've been in marketing. This will, you know, I've got the gray hair to prove it. I'm now coming up on 30 years in marketing and uh, started in the entertainment business. And I was uh, working in television and then went through the ad agency route, ran strategy for a couple of ad agencies here in my hometown of uh, Los Angeles, and then met this guy, Joe Polizzi. After doing a stint uh, as a CMO of a software company, he and I met in 2009. And what I had realized was, while I was the CMO of this software company, I had inadvertently built a content marketing strategy. And what I mean by that is that when they plopped millions of dollars on my desk and said, go do that marketing thing that you do as a startup company. I basically hired media people. I hired writers, I hired designers, I hired communicators. And my theory, my hunch was that I could teach them how to do marketing. I could teach them how to do marketing, but I could never teach them how to be great media people. And I thought the only way we were ever going to compete in the marketplace against all the people that would beat us on SEO and ad spend and brand recognition and all the things was to be 10 miles deeper than they were in thought leadership. And so building this media operation was my way of saying, 
when this little startup gets invited to the table to, you know, for customers, they'll see that we are truly the thought leaders. And it worked, weirdly and ironically enough. And and I met this guy, Joe Polizzi, when I was out on the speak, uh, speaking circuit telling my story. And he and I became fast friends right away. And I come to learn that he had written a book called Get Content, Get Customers, which I read. And of course, then he and I started... Uh, Content Marketing Institute and grew that you know over the course of the next five or six years, really just evangelizing this idea of building audiences and how the power of audiences can really transform what it is we're doing in marketing and just make it a lot better. And that's what I've been doing for the last uh, 10 years now coming up on and written a couple of books along the way and worked with a lot of healthcare companies. There's, there, I've worked with hospitals, I've worked with uh, medical device manufacturers. I've worked with a number of people in the healthcare space. And yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where I find that in many cases, there is a, you know, we kind of get in our own way of looking at the capabilities that we think we need or that we think we don't have and sort of saying, this is why we're hampered because we're in the healthcare space when in actuality, there's a lot of really good things happening in this space that can help us. I think those are the kinds of insights that we get, you know, when, you know, you and Joe or whoever, you know, whoever it happens to be, like when, when content marketers get together, right? Like we start talking, we start figuring things out. We're not the only ones out there in the world trying to solve these same problems. And so uh, one of those problems that we want to dive into a little bit more is the source of our rap battle today. So we're going to get into that. Rap battle. Our rap battle for new listeners, which thank you, by the way, for anyone who's joining us for the first time. Our rap battle is where we challenge an assumption that's been holding back healthcare. And it usually has to do with marketing or technology or both. And this week we're challenging just a, a pretty broad one. I think there's a lot of different ways we could go with it. Uh, but I know it's at least in part the source, uh, Robert, of one of your sessions at Content Marketing World this last fall. And it has to do with, I think it's, can we safely say this is a false premise that mar many marketers still use just about how, how more content is always better. More marketing is always better. That's the way we solve marketing. That's how we fill a funnel. That's how we generate awareness. It's just creating more, generating more versus focusing on trust in our content. So doing that rather than the quantity. So uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, and that's something that's not completely you know, isolated to healthcare marketing either, by the way. This is something that is broadly speaking, one of the biggest challenges that businesses have. Now, you know, forget content marketing for just a second. Just looking at businesses and marketing and branding and public relations and product management and customer service and every part of the organization is creating way more content than they did last year and more than the year before that and the more than the year before that. It's there, there is an exponential rise in the amount of content that we're creating simply to fill all of these new fragmented channels that we feel like we have to fill as professionals. Marketing has suffered the most of that because quite frankly, you have this false idea of what is commonly called the omni-channel idea, which I truly despise this idea of the omni, because it suggests that we have to be everywhere. It suggests that unless you are everywhere, that you are somehow failing. And that's not the right answer. It's, it's certainly untenable for any size business. And so what we have to get to is actually 
the swing the pendulum, the other side of that pendulum is as I, you know, when people ask me how much content should we be creating in marketing, my answer is as little as possible to meet the goals that you're trying to meet. And because you've got other things you need to do. Content is just but one, you know, I have too much money and too much time, said no marketing person ever on the history of the planet. And so we have to figure out a way that we can start to balance how much content we're creating for what purpose. And that's the part that's usually missing, healthcare or otherwise, is we haven't truly answered the question of why, what is the reason we're creating all of this content and what is its ultimate end game? And once we start to look at that, then we can say, great, how much content is actually necessary? Because for you, it may be very different than for me or for you know our competitor or for the other business down the street. Well, it's funny, like you said, you know, when we kind of label ourselves in, in healthcare, and it's it's always refreshing just to hear that that we're not the only ones dealing with these kinds of of things. You know, the, these thoughts of how we're not quite, you know, ever doing enough, and so. Right. Tell us more about the the trust side of that. How do we build trust using our content? Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, and healthcare specifically is an interesting challenge, right? And perhaps everybody thinks they're different, right? Everybody thinks their challenge is different. But healthcare truly is different for a very specific reason, which is when you market healthcare, you're marketing something that nobody wants. And nobody envisions themselves. Nobody says is seeking a desire to go to the hospital. No one is seeking a desire to visit their doctor more frequently. You know, so this is you're marketing something that that truly nobody really wants to consume. And it's an interesting challenge because what it means is is that the trust that we build with the audience that we have is such an important part of that strategy. Because if you're a hospital, if you're marketing a hospital network or even an individual hospital or an emergency care center or or whatever it is that you're in charge of, of, of marketing, creating that trust across an audience, which is your local community or the state that you, you, know, you operate in or the region that you operate in, whatever it is, and creating that trust and awareness in that audience is truly your goal. You're trying to get to a point where when the need arises, that you are the top of mind, you are the choice, you are the chosen one to actually supply the thing that nobody wants. And that's the real key. And that's why it's such an important piece. Trust more generally is down, right? So we've seen Edelman and PR, the PR firm Edelman come out with their trust barometer. And we can all feel this, that trust is as low as it's ever been. And they actually empirically found this, that trust is as low as it's ever been since they've been measuring it. We feel it in government. We feel it in our institutions, our religious institutions, our state institutions, our businesses, our each other, social media. Trust is down. What that means, however, is, is that there is an opportunity for us as marketers to become the trusted source of interesting things for our audiences. And that's the opportunity that we have now as marketers is to create content that creates trust, not just answer a question, not just the top 10 reasons why you need to quit smoking or the top five ways that you're going to be heart healthy. That's just answering a question that is, quite frankly, answered anywhere out on the internet. And it's the biggest mistake I see healthcare makers make is they subscribe to these content services, these commoditized content services that supply these kinds of things and sort of check the box, we're doing content. No, it's about creating differentiated trust in the audiences you serve. And ultimately, that gives you 
the sort of political capital, if you will, or the trust capital to understand that when that need arises, you're going to be first and foremost in their mind of where they want to go and take their health care and trust with their family's health. Everybody wants their content to work, but if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Hey, we have a new exclusive giveaway from our partners, True North Custom. We're giving a branded infographic to healthcare app listeners. This is a $1,500 value. This digital asset can be used to promote key service lines as well as provide your communities with engaging health and wellness information. It can be shared via your blog, social media, and other channels. Visit bit.ly slash healthcare wrap two today. That's bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two to select your free infographic from the True North Custom Library. It's time for you to spread the awesome. Remember bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two. Tell your whole crew. Where would you start that journey if you're in a healthcare organization and you don't feel that that has been the objective in the past of you know, generating trust with your content, where's a, where's a good place to start? You know, I always think it's a great place to start, which is what is it that we stand for, right? What is our, and I don't mean from a unique selling proposition, you know, one of the things, I worked for a hospital network at one point and we started looking at their true differentiators, you know, what they stood for in their marketplace. And, you know, they were a very forward-leaning very much a technology-driven hospital network where they had the latest in, in technology and MRI machines and all these things. And that's where they were really focusing their, their marketing and their sales-oriented material. And, and the interesting thing was, is as they were looking to expand, what they were trying to do was get into becoming the choice for more urban-oriented audiences. So understanding that that differentiation made no sense to the urban audience. The urban audience did not care about the technology-driven hospital. They cared mostly about when I walk in, are they going to know who I am? Are they going to care about me? Are they going to know my family? Are they going to be familiar with me? And they were actually quite scared and reticent to go into these highly sophisticated, you know, scientifically you know, futuristic buildings. And they would much rather go to the place where the guy knows their name and their family's name. And so changing the story, figuring out the differentiation specific to the audience that they were trying to reach was the biggest first step for them to say, how do we add value to this audience's life? We are out there saying that we're the most technologically advanced hospital network on the planet. And yes, we're attracting in this wonderful set of businesses from this audience that we've been attracting in. But now that we're trying to expand or change or pivot a bit and look at this new audience, we need to figure out not how do we drive home the message of technologically advanced to this urban audience. We need to figure out what is valuable to them and how do we start providing that value through content so that they come to trust us, so that they come to trust us as an optional choice, so that we can actually tell them why technologically advanced is actually advantageous to their family. So figuring out your story, it's the biggest first step. And, and your story meaning, how can you be valuable to the audiences that you serve? And that started by looking in the mirror a little bit more than normal? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, looking a little close, but truly understanding your audiences. Here is a big piece of this that's looking in the mirror for sure. Because in most cases, what I find, and this is especially true in healthcare, which is the marketing team, in many cases, the ones who are responsible for putting more quote-unquote, leads into the funnel, as it were. In many cases, they're going, you know what, the brand, the story, that's above my pay grade. So I'm not going to get to change that. 
And so the real question is, can we actually take an initiative to go out and understand where we can create content that's valuable to what audience, right? Getting really specific about it. Looking at our audiences and saying, let's look at the specific audiences we're looking to drive value into and figure out where we align. Where does our story, where we look in the mirror and go, what's our brand? What's, what, what do we stand for? What are we, what's our differentiators? What is our messaging? And then two, looking at the audience and saying, where does that align with what they need? And can we actually create content that is differentiated, that helps them do something, that helps them solve something that they're trying to get done or inspires them or educates them or entertains them? Wonderful example of this is a children's hospital in Nashville that we did, Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And one of the things that they did I thought was really amazing was they created these little guidebooks because one of the major areas of focus for them was looking at long-term health issues, right? So they had, you know, big long-term sick kids, basically, was what it was. And so your kid was going to go in for months at a time. So they created these really cool guidebooks for parents to understand where the best hotels were, where the best restaurants were, where the best resources were in Nashville. And they gave these handbooks out, basically how to survive in Nashville, you know, and live in Nashville for the few months that your kid's going to be in this hospital. And it was a wonderful program for them. I love that because there's automatically a story associated with something like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what else would you tell healthcare marketers, maybe not even just those who are at hospitals and health systems? We have a number of listeners who are at medical device manufacturers, like you mentioned yeah. before, yeah. or maybe at a, at a health supplier or health IT organization. Uh, what, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is to start to expand your thinking. In many cases, whether it's, you know, and I've worked with medical device providers as well. And one of the biggest things there is that we always want to tell the customer story, right? The patient story. And we think that's kind of the only marketing there is, is to say, you know, hey, there's this cool thing we have and here's a success story that, that shows how cool it is. And, and, it, and in actuality, getting beyond that and starting to think about what other value we could provide to people that go beyond our product or service and starting to think a little bigger about the programs where we can actually differentiate and add value. And, and in many cases, we think to ourselves, oh, that's, you know, we can't do that because we have too much regulatory and compliance issues. Or, and in many cases, what I find is, is that that's where we really are getting in our own way, is that we feel like we're hamstrung to only continue to do the things that we've done, which are to tell customer stories, to talk about product, to make sure that's all, and just check the boxes. I mean, this is what we do. We send email, we do these you know, brochures and catalogs, we have a website, and we have a social program where we tell customer stories. And that's kind of it. And instead, it's sort of rethinking what it is we do with media to say, where else can we go? What, what else, what bigger things can we do to actually add value to our customers' lives? And what part of the buyer's journey are we actually looking to solve for? One of the biggest mistakes that I see, and this is broad, this goes beyond healthcare, this goes to just content generally, is that we launch something. And we expect it to solve every part of the buyer's journey. In other words, we launch a blog and we expect it to drive more awareness, drive more leads, solve customer problems, close business, create better brand awareness, get more leads into the... Fu- I mean, we expect it to you know, do everything <laughs> and be a floor and floor wax and dessert topping. And it's not. It's not going to work. So when it fails to do all of those things, 
it really fails to do any of those things in any differentiated way. And so getting really specific about what it is we want this media platform to do. What do we want Facebook to do? What do we want Twitter to do? What do we want our blog to do? What do we want our website to do? Getting really specific about the experience we're creating for those customers. This is what Cleveland Clinic understands so well about Facebook is, is that they have really truly nailed what Facebook is, which is a traffic driver to their owned media hub. And that's exactly what, and that's how they're thriving with social media and their content marketing approach. Man, I, I love it. I, I love the story because it, it's going to resonate. It doesn't just resonate now. It's going to resonate for, for many years to come as marketers all kind of get on this evolving uh, landscape of what, you know, what we're doing day to day. And so I, I love that thought. And, and when I kind of bring this back to where we started the rap battle, uh, what we usually say at the end of the rap battle is after we have sufficiently battled that assumption that uh, we've absolutely uh, killed that assumption. So I think it's safe to say that uh, we have won this rap battle and uh, we usually give ourselves a quick little pat on the back at this point for doing so. So fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, self-congratulatory statements (laughs) usually follow about this point. And uh, and that's where we then transition to our little closing segment, which is called Shout Out. And shout out is where we just recognize a person, idea, a blog post, a a thought, something that has piqued our curiosity lately. And mine, yes, this is a little bit self-serving on your behalf, but I'd love to hear more about this masterclass tour that you're doing. That's that's what I want to give a shout out to today. So tell, (laughs) tell us what that's all about. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, it's three cities. It's, I'm, I'm about to take off on it next week. We do it every year. This is our eighth year, I believe, to do it, where we do multiple cities. It's a one-day workshop that helps create a content marketing strategy. It is basically a masterclass that goes from A to Z on how to create you know, a framework for creating a content marketing plan or a content marketing strategy, if you prefer. And uh, this year, we're doing three cities. We're doing New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. And uh, all very exciting. We were doing six cities for a while and we reduced it to three only because what we found was is that it was just easier to get done in the wintertime when travel gets a little weird for people. So yeah, so December 4th, 6th and 11th. And so that's next week and the week following. Um, we start in uh, San Francisco next week, then we go to New York mid next week and then the 11th in, in Chicago. And uh, yeah, super excited. We hope people will be there. Content Marketing Conf, C-O-N-F dot com is the masterclass website. Perfect. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to ask. How, how do people find out more? So perfect. I'll wrap up with this, this burning question. Right. Yeah. This is because, like I said, I, I get to play fanboy a little bit today. And knowing that this old marketing, the podcast between you and Joe that had run for, for how many episodes? 211. 211 episodes. Yeah. My goodness. So many awesome things to say about that. But uh, the fact is, that it, it wrapped about a year ago. So uh, you've been off the air in that capacity for, for nearly a year. So I'm just curious, you know, how that, you know, how that's been, you know, looking back and, and he, thoughts coming to mind as you look back at that run? Well, I miss it. I miss it terribly. You know, as you and I were talking pre-show, you know, it's something that I enjoyed doing very, very much, not the least of which was getting to talk with my pal Joe once a week, sort of an appointment that we could never miss. That was the thing. Weirdly, I think that's the thing that we are most proud of is that we went 211 weeks without missing a week. 
And um, that was, you know, we preach consistency all the time and content marketing is really your, the core, the heart of your strategy. And it was something we were really proud of given the fact that Joe was traveling all over the world. I was traveling all over the world for my consulting work. And, and you know, the fact that we made it work 211 weeks in a row was pretty incredible. Other than that, I would tell you that we loved doing it. It was something that we absolutely kept us fresh, kept us certainly knowing what was going on in the news. I've sort of kept that part of my ritual of getting prepared every week by looking at the news every Sunday. But for the most part, it's giving me... The one good thing is, I guess, it's given me my Sundays back because I spent a lot of my Sundays getting the introduction and everything ready, which always, you know, the show flow and all that stuff that we did for our Monday recording. But um, yeah, I miss it very much. And, and, um, you know, and the reason we, of course, stopped the show was not because we were tired of it or anything like that. It's that uh, after CMI was acquired by UBM, Joe took a very, very much deserved sabbatical to spend time with his family because he'd spent you know, literally the last 10 years growing CMI. And he basically uh, took a well-deserved sabbatical to spend more time with his family and took a year off. Basically, he's taken this year off. So we'll see what happens in 2019. But uh, yeah, there you have it. Awesome. Well, and any closing thoughts, anything else you'd like to share with folks? And then uh, definitely let, let us know how folks can connect with you. Yeah, you know, um, my shout out is, is that, you know, for all of you in healthcare marketing, know that you are no worse off than uh, most other businesses out there. You are just as forward leaning and have just as much capacity and capability as any other industry out there. And it's your time. It's your time to innovate because those that feel like they're behind and can't change the culture within their company, those are going to be the ones that really struggle coming down the road here, those that actually lean into this idea of content, marketing, digital, and all of the evolutions that are happening are going to be those that actually succeed. I would just say thank you very much for having me. You can reach me if, uh, at uh, two places if you're interested in me for whatever reason, the books, etc. That's robertrose.net. And then my consulting advisory education platform is contentadvisory.net. I have both the .net domains. Somebody told me that that was the dad genes of domains. So <laughs> I'm actually kind of in love with that. So the, so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the .net domains because it's my tribute to dad genes everywhere. I am so in love with that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it too when I heard it. I was like, yes, that's perfect. Yes, I am the dad genes of the internet. <laughs> Maybe that's what it takes just to be remembered these days, you know? (laughs) Well, thanks again. Thanks for sharing your time. And man, uh, there's nothing else uh, we can add. Peter will be back next week. And and he he was sad he was not able to join us uh, for this call. But on his behalf, uh, thanks, everyone. That's a wrap. 